and welcome to Dispel Magic, the podcast where we overthink how the magic of D&D might shape your campaign in surprising and unexpected ways. I'm Benjamin, game designer and writer. You can find me on Twitter at Sterling Vermin or the internet at large at sterlingvermin.com. I knew you were going to say that. And my name is Dane. I'm a Dungeon Master podcaster and voice actor. And don't tell anyone, but I'm in danger everywhere online at Dane in Danger. I knew you knew that I would say that, and I knew what you were going to say. You know, it's interesting how thought works, because I feel like speech is instantaneous. So can you can you actually know what to, Like, I don't think I'm going to say this now, and then I say it, right? We're doing detect thoughts. Yes, we're doing the spell detect thoughts, and Dane has a, a rapid-firing brain. And maybe he is one of those uh, situations where he can just talk without there being surface thoughts. And so detect thoughts just doesn't. It just happens. My brain produces. It's just a content creator constantly. We're actually kind of going to get to, at the end, the possibility that certain practices might make you more resistant to this spell. I had not considered prior to this recording that ADHD might be one of them, but, you know, maybe it is. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Well, let's uh, run down the spell itself. Detect Thoughts is a second-level divination spell available to bards, sorcerers, and wizards. It takes one action to cast, has a range of 30 feet, technically self, and a duration of concentration up to one minute. The spell text says, For the duration, you can read the thoughts of certain creatures. When you cast the spell, and as your action on each turn until the spell ends, you can focus your mind on any one creature that you can see within 30 feet of you. If the creature you choose has an intelligence of 3 or lower, or doesn't speak any language, the creature is unaffected. You initially learn the surface thoughts of the creature, what is most on its mind in that moment. And as an action, you can either shift your attention to another creature's thoughts, or attempt to probe deeper into the same creature's mind. If you probe deeper, the target must make a wisdom saving throw. If it fails, you gain insight into its reasoning, if any, its emotional state, and something that looms large in its mind, such as something it worries over, loves, or hates. If it succeeds, the spell ends. Either way, the target knows that you are probing into its mind, and unless you shift your attention to another creature's thoughts, the creature can use its action on its turn to make an intelligence check contested by your intelligence check. If it succeeds, the spell ends. Questions verbally directed at the target creature naturally shape the course of its thoughts, so this spell is particularly effective as part of an interrogation. You can also use this spell to detect the presence of thinking creatures you can't see. When you cast the spell, or as your action during the duration, you can search for thoughts within 30 feet of you. The spell can penetrate barriers, but two feet of rock, two inches of any metal other than lead, or a thin sheet of lead blocks you. You can't detect a creature with an intelligence of three or lower, or one that doesn't speak any language. Once you detect the presence of a creature in this way, you can read its thoughts for the rest of the duration as described above, even if you can't see it but it must still be within range. Lots of clauses in this one. It's got to be, it's, 
they don't want you running rampant, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense, but it's still, as you, especially as you're reading that last one where it's like four different clauses in one uh, <laughs> sentence. Pretty funny. The, uh, the millennial habit of putting things yeah. in, uh, in uh, what are those called? Parentheses? No. The two, the two half circles. What are those called? Those are parentheses. I thought these were parentheses. Oh, well. I'll trust you to give context to what they're saying. So the expected uses of uh, of this spell, are, I guess, are pretty much called out in the in the spell itself, which is unusual. Yeah, they kind of spell it out for you. Yeah, the primary purpose I think they imagine adventuring parties are going to use this for is interrogation. In the context of D anD D, we're going to use the word a few times. In the context of D anD D, it's easy to imagine. That interrogation uh, involves torture, but that's not what we mean when we're using the word interrogation today. Any kind of like interview that's maybe performed under some duress uh, would fall under the category. Questioning for information. Yeah. Yeah. Another kind of just aside is that one thing we didn't mention is that the material component for this is a copper piece. And, uh, so, so the the joke of the spell is that's literally a, a penny for your thoughts, a copper piece, a penny for your clever. thoughts. Clever, so pretty, clever. Pretty good. Thanks, wizards, for that. Dane, before I move on, I want to say that I just I'm seeing in your mind that you want to ask me about unexpected outcomes. Is that right? Oh my God, Benjamin, you're right. That's <laughs> that's amazing. Well, Benjamin, what are some unexpected outcomes that they didn't already tell us about? So. <laughs> that they didn't already tell us that I haven't told you yeah. about it yet. Yeah. Um, well, so the honestly, the invisible person was an unexpected thing. Because detect thoughts for me is you detect thoughts, right? Like yeah. all of the right. nitty gritty is just to pen you in. But when you see the spell detect thoughts, you're like, okay, I can detect their thoughts. Yeah. But the detect the thoughts of an invisible person, that was unexpected for me. There's actually a few things there. You can detect the thoughts of invisible people. You can also detect the thoughts of like p- things that might be shape changed nearby you, like a druid that's hiding as a bird. Mm-hmm. Um, because now suddenly, it, like no bird is going to have an intelligence of uh, four or higher, and so your thing is going to go off pretty quickly when you realize that there's a sparrow with a twelve intelligence watching you. Um, Anything awakened? So if it's yeah, if it's a mimic, point. if it's an mm-hmm. awakened mimic, you'd be able to. Figure that out. The way I think in which the spell would be most commonly encountered in a in a campaign setting is not in that uh, in its utility as a as an interrogation device, like the spell suggests, because it's so easy once you start using it that way to lose the spell because they've got to make a saving throw, and if they make it, then the spell ends, and then every turn they can try to shut it off. So it's not a great use of the spell. It's just like a if you want to be using it to shape the world. So when you start thinking about how the spell would shape the world, I think you pretty quickly would come to, well, like guards would use it a lot, right? They'd be, whenever you met with the king, somebody would be detecting thoughts before you got any kind of audience just to make sure you weren't, you know, running through your assassination plot in your head before that meeting. Okay, first I sneak in. Okay, done that. Okay, next I have to uh, position myself a little bit to the left. 
exactly. that's how I imagine yeah. assassins sound. That's uh, that's definitely it. Really nervous. Yeah. Um, beyond meeting with kings, you can imagine, or or just individual important people. These this spell is also probably used by guards who are screening people coming into major events, coronations, uh, you know, christenings, things like that. Big dances. Uh, Big dances. Yeah, big dances. Um, all to ensure that, like, thieves, spies, balls assassins, even. Gossips, you could call them. If you wanted to call them big balls, you could call a dance a big ball. Multiple. Moving along. Well, and as we've touched on before, you know, anything that the rich people want to do the criminals want to do too, but hey, what's the difference at the end of the day? You know what I mean? Any kind of thieves guild would want to use this. Right. So so in a thieves guild, this is going to look more like you're not going to get to a crime boss or into a particularly high ranking like heist meeting maybe uh, without first getting scanned. There's actually even more utility with this spell for thieves because you've got uh, well, a few a few situations. One is that it's probably pretty fantastic for grifting. Like if you're just walking around town, scanning people's thoughts, just surface level thoughts, it'd be pretty easy to pick up on um, what kind of grift a person might be vulnerable to. Like, oh, like maybe sell a snake oil thing to this person who's thinking about their sick grandma or something. You know their grandma's sick, so you're going to sell them the cure. Right, exactly. That's rough. That would be one use of it for, for criminals. I also like just going around and saying, I know a secret. And then it's like saying, don't think about a crocodile, right? So just by saying, not even specific to anything, I know a secret. And then everyone's thinking like, ooh, the secrets. I don't know. Yeah. So in addition to grifting, like just catching a person's random what they're thinking about, and then using that as an idea for how to, like, manipulate them. Another way you can use the spell is to prompt them to think about something with a cryptic phrase. It could be blackmail. You could say something like, I know the secret you've been keeping from your husband, and just see what the first thing that person thinks about uh, to see if you've got something there you can blackmail them with. The other one is if you walk up and... Wait and I guess actually just do a knock on a door where there's like a secret society that meets. They ask for the password. Probably their surface thought is going to be the password. Hundred percent, right? Because they're waiting for it. So, so there's lots of times where you might be able to prompt people to give you information by by having it in their surface thoughts. Yeah, and then of course the. The secrets that are gathered, you don't have to use them yourself if you want to pass them off the secondary underground market for such things. It just, it seems like it would breed a lot of, uh, what's the word, um, paranoia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Prince Richard walks around town thinking about feet all the time. Let's let's see what that's worth. See what we can do with that. Yeah, let's see, see how much he's willing to pay to get that not put in the papers. Yeah, the, what was the spell that we talked about? That um, it was scry, right? Yes. That would yeah. breed the uh, the tabloids. So you know, any yeah. shady tabloid is going to use scry and detect thoughts I, I, in yeah. tandem. 
I think we're going to talk about this more later, maybe. But um, another what this makes me think of is that it just means that like important people are just not going to be going around the city very much. They're going to be. I mean, <laughs> I, I think yeah. they probably already don't, but they're going to be sending their minions out to do everything because they don't care if somebody reads their minions' thoughts, but they don't want their own personal thoughts read, and they're vulnerable to that with the spell. As they're held up in their lead-lined castles. Yes. Yeah. Instead of Just ivory castles or ivory tower. There, there are a few other applications to this too that I think could, could become really common. Gamblers, for example, would love this spell. Winning poker would be super easy if you could just immediately tell whether or not your opponent was bluffing. But that makes me think that <laughs> to, to prevent that, any formal gambling places would just give out like lead caps to uh to stop that from like it's a requirement like a dress code wear your lead cap <laughs> when you're going to Big Eddie's house of games yeah it's it's bowling shoes and lead caps that's the attire um i'm not 100% sure that that's how it works because it's because it's not spelled out so i don't know if um I'm going by X-Men rules. Yes, I mean, by... By, yes, it does. It's very, it's very uh, Professor X Magneto uh, to have the helmet block it. But I'm not, it's not clear to me that Detect Thoughts works like a beam from my brain to your brain and not just like kind of tendrils or through the aether and it can kind of like just slip under your hat if you're wearing it. I think that idea is cool, so I might let it ride, but uh, I don't know. Well, thank you, counselor. Thank you, thank yes. you, Judge Benjamin. Um, I'll allow you it. Also, <laughs> you also might have this uh, spell come up when artists are trying to get honest impressions of their work, uh, when merchants are trying to sell their wares, which is kind of the the flip side to the criminal grifting, is that you have merchants who are also using detect thoughts to. You know, every time I go into a store and somebody comes over and says, can I help you? You're like, no, I'm just looking. But actually, you are looking for one specific thing. You just don't want to get pulled into buying it if you look at it and you're not sure about it. Well, in this case, you skip that step because the merchant already knows what it is you came in to look for and will come right over and start trying to sell it to you. Creepy. Also, focus groups, like focus groups would be a thing. Um, What do you really think about it? Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. There would be a lot of information psychological information that would be much easier to obtain in a world with detect thoughts than than we currently have but th- which also brings me to my next point is that potentially there's a use for the spell in psychotherapy um, I think the ethics of of using it would be a bit perilous but um, I can imagine specific circumstances where it could be useful somebody who's catatonic or who has difficulty, um, expressing themselves might benefit from a therapist who can read their mind and kind of reflect back to them what what's going on. If we're talking ethics, the whole thing's pretty dubious. <laughs> Using well, this yes. in any capacity yeah. is is very intrusive. I, I think about ethics in that in that capacity only because that's uh, what I do in the daylight hours, and sure. uh, there are a lot of ethics to the job. Hey there! Have you ever had a weird dream? Something embarrassing, stressful, or about Pete? 
a dream you'd rather people just not know about. Of course you have, most people do. It's very common. Well, if you want to ensure no one is using detect thoughts and listening in on your weird urine river dreams, you need my patented lead-lined sleep box system, the Secura Sleep. A comfortable padded box that completely surrounds you with a thin sheet of lead to keep those dang dream peepers out. You know, the ones that peep your dreams? I invented the Secure Sleep System so that other folks can sleep soundly at night, knowing their dreams are secure. Personally, I have completely normal boring dreams about, like, grocery stores and stuff. And definitely not about large groups of people cheering me on as I swim through a river of pee. <laughs> I don't even think that that's... That's weird to dream about. The Secure Sleep System. Never suffer from shame insomnia again. Take it from me. Not only am I the owner, but I'm also not a customer. I had other people test it. But really, I don't even think dreaming about this stuff's that weird. It's not that weird. I dream normal. As we mentioned, or as I mentioned earlier, uh, probing is really only useful in its capacity as an interrogation technique. It's not kind of the broad use. It's not broadly how this spell is going to be useful in a setting. Part of the reason, if we break that down, is, is looking at what information you get if you start to dig down deeper. The first thing is, I have no idea what saying, what it means to say that you understand a creature's reasoning. Dane, I think you feel like you've got a sense of that, but I am still totally lost on what that means. I, I feel like it's just purely p for plot delivery. It's if they fail some persuasion checks or they fail whatever else, then somebody can detect thoughts and get... Not... This isn't how actual brains work and how actual thoughts work, but... <laughs> They can use this to get the reasoning behind why they're doing something. So the party members can kind of have more of a foothold on what to do next or to really understand the situation better. But people don't actually think, I did it for this reason. <laughs> you know, like it's it's like yeah. supervillains monologuing. Like that's completely for us, the viewer, rather than anything motivated by real life uh, examples. So the reasoning part is just so GMs can be like, hey, this is this is actually what's happening. Yeah, yeah it still doesn't really make any sense to me. It's like, because there's no context for it, it's not like you use detect thoughts when someone does something and then you find out why they did it. You're using detect thoughts, and you're just finding out why they do things generally. I guess. I I I do think the spirit of it, and it's not specific, but I think the spirit is to find out why they do something. A I would thing. I would like them to use the word motivation if that's uh, yeah what they're no that would be much more but specific yeah. Anyway, so this spell also tells you there um, if you dig in with the interrogation part. Uh, the emotional state, which, again, that's not a lot of help because most of the time you're going to be able to tell tell or infer the person's emotional state fairly easily. The last thing is the only thing that I think is truly useful, and it's something that it, it's that you learn something that looms large in the person's 
mind. And that is kind of, I think, where the info dump part of the spell comes when you when the DM has been waiting to give you information and waiting for an excuse to give you information. And then you use detect thoughts on the right person. And then they tell you about this vast conspiracy that's unraveling. Whatever is, is most weighing on their shoulders and they can't stop thinking about it. And of course, any really important person who has a great number of secrets or things they need to keep hidden would have to distance themselves even further. Um, It seems like a pretty toxic workplace to me, but, you know, you'd have to sequester yourself. You'd have to limit your interactions with people that you trust the most. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of telling people why, like to do something without telling them why you want them to do it. Because you need yeah. them to not have that information. Mission impossible. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah. That's exactly what you were going for. That's I know. exactly what I was thinking of is uh, the movie franchise, uh, Mission Impossible. I've, I haven't seen any of them. So I, that's purely get based on like a kind of gut instinct about what Mission Impossible is about. It's a universal human truth. Mission yeah. Impossible. Um, so another way in which the spell is limited is that it requires concentration, so you're not going to be casting any other concentration spells while you're casting this. It isn't a ritual, so it's always going to cost you a spell slot. It only lasts up to a minute, so not very long. Not even, like, won't even get you through most of a social encounter. Like, probably last, which would probably be more like a few minutes. And then also it has all three spell component categories. So that's uh, verbal, somatic, and material, which means that part of casting the spell is moving, part of the ca- part of casting the spell is saying specific words, and part of casting a spell is apparently waving around a penny. And and you can dupe people into thinking that you're casting the spell, right? Like, if even if you don't actually know it, you can be doing all of these elaborate things and make people think you can read their thoughts, and they'll be more on their guard. Yeah, so that's, that's one where you, where you could turn... Uh, what's normally a limitation of the spell that it that it's difficult to discreetly cast and make it into a positive where sometimes you're not casting it you're just making the gestures saying the words and flailing your penny around but you're not actually using the spell slot to cast it i love the idea of flailing a penny around that's that's a mind picture right there can you see it now benjamin can you see it in your mind i can see it yeah yeah it smells bad <laughs> smells like pennies smells like pennies and i do not like it bad pennies so given how ubiquitous the spell would be for its security espionage and and other utilities it would make sense that people would develop methods to avoid being a target of the spell um there are a couple clauses thankfully that make that make that work one of which is having an intelligence of three or lower but um probably people are not going to willingly lower their intelligence to three or lower to avoid the spell. So that one is pretty much useless that, to us. Is that enfeeblement? Is that feeble? Is that the I spell think that, feeble mind. A feeble mind. Yeah. Feeble mind. Right, right, right. Um, but the other exception to this rule, and this is very, I find this very weirdly phrased. The other exception to who can be targeted by this is creatures that don't speak a language. So yeah, I, the phrasing is weird. It's not creatures that can't speak a language, and it's not creatures that don't understand a language. It's creatures that don't 
that don't speak a language. Yeah. So I one think, possible. Yeah. I think this interpretation, yeah, is pretty. Uh, I, I would go ahead and say pedantic, but it is technically true, which is the best kind of true. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, like, I seriously don't understand what the intention was. This is a weird way of phrasing this concept. So I'm not sure what they were trying to cut in or cut out here with that phrase. But one outcome of the clause, I, I is would that say, it animals. Means that, well, but it doesn't say can't speak a language and doesn't say does. Doesn't understand language. There's plenty of things in D and D that might not be capable of speech, but they do understand speech. Well, that's fair. I'm just saying that I think the spirit of of the poorly phrased caveat is you can't talk to animals. This isn't speak with animals. You can't read animals' brains. Well, maybe, but they're professional game designers. Their whole thing is about using language to craft rules. So I'm not going to give them a pass that easy. Fair enough. Anyway, one outcome of the clause is that any creature that makes a vow of silence and so doesn't speak is apparently not able to be targeted because they've made a vow. I I don't think it's enough that you make a vow. I think you actually have to probably not speak for some length of time before this doesn't read your mind. You have to be a, a paladin of the oath of silence. You have to really, like, with your very spirit, dedicate yourself to never speaking. So mimes, right. mimes, you wouldn't be able to detect mimes' thoughts. A lot of mime atho- assassins out there. I do like that uh, outcome. So, you, so even if that's even if it's sort of a dumb idea, it's a uh, that's a great outcome. Mime assassins, <laughs> mimes killing people. Yeah. So if if we don't like this, if we say. It's kind of dumb that just people who don't speak are excluded. We only like the idea that creatures that can't speak a language are excluded. Then we're left with, well, people could make changes to their biology, to their anatomy, to make it so that it is impossible for them to produce speech. And in that case, you've got um, uh, you know, people who could remove their own tongue, remove their voice box, oh, uh, and other ways kind of damage kind of their vocal system uh, to make it so they cannot speak and thus are not capable of being targeted by the spell. I should have started the whole podcast with um, the, the immortal words of no doubt. Don't speak. I know just what you're thinking. That, yeah. That would have been really appropriate. So, you know, the last little bit of, well, maybe not the last little bit of this, but the speak part of it, you could also interpret as anybody who knows sign language isn't technically speaking. So if you communicate through sign language, you ain't talking. Yeah. And I think we want to be really clear that we're talking about just like literal definitions of words. Like when you look up the word speak, it says... If you bur- burrow down enough, like all of them imply or or state outright that we're talking about vocalizations, not uh, kind of written or or uh, signed speech. So then if you, if you don't like any of that or just if you're looking to get into the business of something shady and you're looking for every avenue you could take uh, against detect thoughts, the last thing I could think of is that. People who 
believe they're going to be targeted by Detect Thoughts on a regular basis, probably have a meditation practice. Oh, interesting. Quiet your thoughts. Yes, exactly. Like they're going to be better at, or they're going to be training their mind to quickly let go of thoughts so that they're, whatever's on the surface is there as little as, as infrequently as possible. And, you know, hopefully nothing's there at all, or at least nothing about their real intentions. Yeah, that makes sense. In terms of changing the world, <laughs> to me, it's it's the lead-lined hats if it does use Magneto rules. It's the lead-lined um, hats for me. It's the lead-lined hats for me. And just like if you're an adventurer getting armor, any helmet, you know, the armor is like, and I lined it with lead just in case, you know? <laughs> it's like that, a that is a fun. That is a fun idea. Um, and, and then whatever that lead lining prevents the other things too, uh, that lead somehow prevents, um, S- Superman being able to see into your chest cavity, you know, all uh, that I think, fun I stuff. think detect evil and uh, good if you're carrying poison in your mouth. <laughs> Correct. Yes. We've got, at this point, we've kind of got a, like a whole security checkpoint set up with multiple passes. Yeah. Um, that people have to go through. So, like you said, detect poison, disease, uh, detect evil and good, zone of truth, all of these things you got to go through uh, before you can even be let into the city. Heck, bring in the book of exalted deeds or whatever. Make everybody read that, too. So, this awful, awful line, worse than the DMV, just... People trying to get into any major city being put through this rigmarole every time and red tape as far as the eye can see. Well, I, yeah, I don't think people I don't think people coming through, coming in cities are going to be under zone of truth or, or detect thoughts. But certainly, yeah, major, major functions that where security is taken seriously. There's a lot of spells uh, getting thrown around. All that all that red tape. That's kind of a dream of yours, huh, Benjamin? All that bureaucracy, that's kind of yeah. that's kind of your Benjamin ideal. Dreams of Red Tape. That's my that's the documentary about I love that documentary. Yeah. 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 You just you're just rubber stamping for a half an hour with your mm-hmm. son looking longingly over your shoulder and you're like yeah. you're not ready. You don't know the way of the stamp. Creating new documents and subdocuments. Pivot tables. Oh, mm-hmm. can we flow can charts. we invent spreadsheets? Can we start inventing some spreadsheets and flowcharts for the dispel world? We got to find a spell that'll do that. Um, if you have any flowcharts or spreadsheets you'd like to add to the conversation, please find us uh, dispel magic pod. You can also email us at dispelmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again after your next long rest. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dispel Magic. If this has inspired any ideas for your game, or you have another take on today's topic, please let us know on Twitter at Dispel Magic Pod. You can find Benjamin at Sterling Vermin and Dane at Dane in Danger. Thank you to Slim Mittens for our cover art, produced by Benjamin Huffman, produced and edited by Dane Fox McGraw. <laughs>